once you have attained a jhana since it's so blissful, can we not focus on breath at, uh, at least for a while to just enjoy the bliss? Or we must follow the breath at all times. Now, uh, when you attain a jhana, your blissful feeling will stay uh, as long as you are in jhana. When you come out of it, you will not have that feeling. But the breath will remain very calm and peaceful, so at that time you stay with your breath. And that also will not last too long because of various other uh, activities going on, therefore uh, you must, you may lose it. But when you are in jhana, definitely you can stay in the feeling of bliss. And soon after coming out of it, that bliss will no, will no longer be there, but the breath is very, very calm and soothing, you stay with that until you lose that. So when you get it back, you practice, start practicing again. When I meditate in a group, I sometimes find myself uh, affected by the moods and energy of people around me. For example, if uh, many people feel agitated and uh, uh, restless, I can sometimes find myself feeling that way as if I am them. Uh, despite trying with the determination to stay uh, concentrated in those uh, moments, I sometimes find my mood and uh, uh, concentration impacted. What can I? do to keep my uh, concentration. Actually, it is true that when uh, people are restless, agitated and uh, move or breathe very heavily, a person sitting next to that person also will feel little uh, restless. Uh, sometimes some people even get annoyed that is very true. In a group uh, we all try to cooperate and practice metta towards each other and when we uh, move, move very slowly, mindfully and uh, uh, try to stay as calm as possible so that everybody can help everybody. Here actually is a very good uh, situation to practice metta, metta towards oneself as well as towards everybody. We all feel very uh, much connected. Therefore, <coughs> it is true somebody cannot uh, uh, practice concentration when other uh, things are going on around the person. Uh, I would say if, uh, if possible, uh, ignore them and return to the breath and breathe uh, very uh, quickly several times in order to bring your awareness of breath back to your breath so that you can uh, you can try. Mm, I don't have any magic to <laughs> give you to stay concentrated. These things 
disturbing things are happening all the time around you. Can you talk more about the bright light that can develop with concentration practice? Does it uh, mean I can... Uh, uh, I am closer to the uh, first jhana if I see a bright light. Of course, if everything is uh, calm as hindrances are subsided, no more hindrances, at that time if you have uh, bright light, that is a good sign of gaining concentration. You stay with that and then uh, your uh, bright light actually is the sign of a uh, uh, luminous state of mind, luminosity, uh, that uh, you experience and then uh, with, with you at that time you are not agitated, excited, uh, stay with it, then you gain very good concentration. Yeah, you are close to the first jhana. Metta is, metta is often translated as loving kindness. Is there a, a particular reason for loving friendliness? You know, I prefer loving friendliness. But now most popular term is loving-kindness. Almost everybody is using uh, loving-kindness. So even my next book coming out, coming in March next year, uh, has the same title called Loving-Kindness. What to do? <laughs> Although I prefer loving-friendliness. So you can read uh, two of my writings will come up. One is Loving Friendliness in March, other is Loving, other is uh, Mindfulness in Plain English Journal. You will have a journal coming in December, either on my birthday or on the 20th of December, just before Christmas. that you can use to write. There are, you know, some sentences taken from my book and then uh, blank space with uh, rules, lines. So you read the message there and write your whatever you feel like writing. Keep a journal. So that will be uh, on coming in December. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention loving friendliness uh, now coming up as loving kindness. The reason why I like to use loving friendliness is uh, literally metta, metta comes from the word mitta. You look up in the dictionary, mitta means friend. Mitta means friend. Mitta's nature is metta. In Sanskrit, mitra and mitra's nature is maitri. So in Pali, metta, a friend, friendliness, Sanskrit Maitri, friendliness. That is why I like to use that term. Because another reason, in the four Brahmaviharas, Metta, Karuna, Mudita, Upekha. Karuna is compassion or kindness. Now, if we say Metta, kindness and karuna also kindness, what is the difference? 
So one should be friendliness, literally because of the word, the origin, root of the of metta is friendly. Metta means friend. So I try to persuade others; they don't want to accept my explanation. <laughs> so I don't quarrel. I go with the crowd. In what ways do you think a monastic, no, romantic, okay. Uh, romantic, because when I saw the next word, I thought this may not be a monastic. <laughs> uh, romantic relationship like marriage uh, can support one's uh, uh, practice. Okay. In what ways do you think a romantic relationship like marriage can support one's practice. Now, uh, if uh, both uh, who are in romantic relationship, if both agree to practice meditation and they both make a schedule and both meditate following the schedule, they will have a wonderful relationship. There will not be any uh, disagreement, quarrels and so forth. Why? As both are practicing meditation, their minds become very, very clear, clean, and uh, less emotion, less <coughs> less bickering, uh, less arguments. So the life can go very smoothly if both of them. If one practice meditation, other go to turn on the TV very loudly then there will be a very, very difficult problem. So there must be an agreement. Uh, otherwise uh, these two will not go, they will go haywire, <laughs> going to different directions. In what ways can't be a distraction? The second way is distraction because there is no agreement. Did the Buddha's path at enlightenment, of enlightenment uh, ask us to let go uh, ultimately or romantic uh, partnerships? It naturally drops from your mind. Buddha gave the path, gave the method. When we follow that method, and very honestly and sincerely, slowly and gradually, your romantic feelings, your, which of course is rooted in desire, in greed, craving, craving clinging, uh, when craving or clinging, desire fades away, there is no romantic relationship. But your relationship with everybody in the world, not only one or one person. People sometimes ask me, why don't you marry? Good reason. <laughs> I mean, that time is already past anyway. <laughs> Even those days I said, if I married, 
my love will be limited to one person. If I don't, it is boundless. I can love anybody everywhere, not in the romantic way, <laughs> but in a friendly way. I can be friendly with anybody, anywhere, all over the universe. As long as I don't, I am not bound to one person. My love is not limited. So, why? This is loving friendliness. When we have loving friendliness, there is no limitations. We curtail your practice by putting the boundary around you, trying to one person. Anyway, romantic relationship will disappear, but the real loving friendliness will appear eventually. <coughs> that appears when the clinging craving or desire gets away. Can people with conditions like autism, bipolar, uh, asparagus, schizophrenia, become uh, monks or nuns? No. Actually, this is these are obstacles to becoming monks or nuns uh, because they cannot live monk's life or nun's life and uh, attain liberation. Therefore, uh, it is not possible for them to become monks or nuns. Not, not admitted to any monastery or uh, monk's monastery or nun's monastery. Very, because of very practical uh, reasons. Of course, they need to be institutionalized to get uh, professional treatments, uh, to live a uh, uh, reasonable, uh, reasonably, relatively uh, normal life. Can you say something about the elephant to footprints simile? Sutta, Madhyamanikaya. This is, of course, very long sutta. I cannot talk very much about it. That's called Chula Hatti Padopama Sutta. The, the first sutta delivered in Sri Lanka uh, in the third century BC when, the Buddh- when Buddhism was introduced to Sri Lanka. Uh, there are two Elephant simile suttas. One is Chulahati Padopama, other is Mahahati Padopama, Chulahati Padopama, both are equally very deep uh, uh, discourses. Hati, elephant, Pada, footprint, Upama simile. That means when somebody wants to catch uh, the biggest bull elephant, one would go into a forest and follow the footprints of elephants. And then finally eliminating all the, the she-elephants, female elephants, uh, elephant, young elephants, uh, ordinary elephants, they lead, the person goes to the bull, the leader of the elephant. Because the elephant footprint, this this simile is very good, elephant footprint is so big that all other animals' footprints can put into elephant footprint, not all at once, but any of, suppose, 
you take right foot of any animal and put into right footprint of elephant that can fit easily whether it is uh, uh, what do you call uh, uh, lion or buffalo or uh, rhinoceros or uh, what is that the big animal in africa in water hippopotamus uh, they also have a big they have also big footprints but any footprints can go into elephant footprints because that is the largest elephant has four footprints similarly there are four noble truths all other truths can go into these four noble truths all other truths that buddha taught can go into these four noble truths so the simile has very deep meaning and uh, is a good uh, discourse <coughs> what is reborn is it the mind now if you say the mind is reborn that means mind goes from life to life the same mind goes from life to life that buddha denies there is a discourse in majjhimika called maha tanha sankhaya sutta maha tanha sankhaya sutta is delivered to teach the nature of consciousness to a monk called sati this venerable disciple monk of the buddha thought that the same consciousness goes from life to life buddha called him and uh, advised him reprimanded him don't believe in that don't say that it is not the same life mind goes from life to life if the same mind goes to life to life if he believe in that that belief is called eternalism it goes from life to life without any break that is eternalistic view that is one extreme we have to avoid that of course other extremism nothing happen after death we finish uh, that is very uh, typical materialistic uh, view called nihilistic view or nihilism so avoid this eternalism and nihilism and then follow the middle path that is depending on causes and conditions something happens so depending on this life commitment karma desire ignorance these are the three factors that triggers a new life somewhere after death in that life again the results of karma become the cause desire is the nourishment called moisture and uh, 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 ignorance is the uh, supporter so these three karma <coughs> uh, is called sankara uh, greed is the the thing that support it and ignorance also supports so life continues again but it is not the same consciousness that is reborn no is it completely different consciousness why because this new consciousness is not the same as the previous one no it is totally different but it arises depending on the previous uh, karma ignorance and desire 
and therefore uh, it has <coughs> all the karmic force to continue that life. Please give us the steps to reach stream entry from fourth jhana. Does the stream enterer have to be certified by a meditation teacher? I think that I answered the day before yesterday when I was answering questions or giving a talk. Giving my Dhamma talk, I answered this question. That is that uh, when you attain the stream entry, uh, you don't need any certificate. You know that you entered it. But the step-by-step, what you call, approach, uh, I can just mention, but uh, this is not the time to elaborate. This is how I interpret uh, the way we attain the stream entry. Uh, There is an interpretation which we we will never find in sutras. It is typical Abhidhamma explanation. But according to sutras, we keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path. That is our main core heart of practice, Noble Eightfold Path. Keep practicing, practicing in day and night, all our life we keep practicing. And then when it becomes one hundred percent clear to us in our mind, not fully realized but intellectually, we understand it perfectly well, very clearly. Then one day we will see this Dhamma is very, very true. We see it. We see the Noble Eightfold Path in our life and Noble Eightfold Path is the Dhamma and then we will see it very, very clearly and then all our doubt about Dhamma, doubt about the Buddha, doubt about the supremely enlightened disciples, Doubt about our moral practice completely vanish, disappear, never to come back again, no doubt whatsoever. That moment your noble eightfold path becomes supramundane noble eightfold path. Only name change, but the practice is the same. Name change because your you are more deeply, you understand Noble Eightfold Path, very deeply. And as you understand Noble Eightfold Path very deeply, your doubt vanish. The moment doubt completely vanishes from your mind, you are in the stream and path. From that onward you are following the Noble Eightfold Path again, you never leave noble eightfold path behind. This always with you. But now you practice this more deep understanding. And then you are, you will see all the rituals any kind of rituals we follow is useless, meaningless. It's a ritual. They are called 
unwholesome habits, habitually we follow rituals, and they don't bring us enlightenment at all, they simply, uh, I must say, waste of time. And so you give up your uh, believing in attaining liberation from by following rituals. And still you are in the stream and path. So one day, as you keep practicing, practicing, practicing Noble Eightfold Path, which includes meditation, concentration, and effort, and all this, keep practicing, practicing. Then one day, and during your Noble Eightfold Path practice, especially when you come to Vipassana and Samatha meditation, concentration meditation, you see impermanence perfectly well. Everything is, you see, permanently impermanent. There's no, any fraction of your life, any experience, anything, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe, that is permanent, nothing. You name anything that is impermanent. You will see that. That moment you enter the stream anti fusion stage. So a stream anti path is one, the fusion of it is another, the result. So you keep practicing noble eightfold path again. Then the gross part of your anger, hatred, the grudge, you know, people have so much sometimes uh, hatred, uh, I cannot explain it how bad it is. That kind of hatred or anger, resentment will fade away, disappear. But still anger is there. Anger is there but not as such an intensity as before. It fades away. The moment that anger, resentment, hatred becomes weak, you enter the stage called once-returner stage, path, once-returner's path. And you keep practicing noble eightfold path again and again and again. Then the very oozing greed, desire. People have desire, craving so much that you cannot even imagine. That type of gross desire fade away. That moment you enter the once returners fusion stage. Even the once returners third stage and fusion stage. Then you still have greed and anger, but when the greed is totally vanishes from your mind, you keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path all the time. I don't have to repeat that. When the greed will completely vanish from your mind, clinging, craving, desire for this and that, romantic and this and that, all will disappear that moment to enter the never-returner's path. And you keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path again and again, then hatred or anger will completely vanish from your mind, then you enter the never-returner's fusion stage. <coughs> then you still keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path. <coughs> that is the only path. Esovamagunathanya Buddha said, this is the only path in the Buddha's teaching. Keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path, then you destroy the desire for existing in fine material form, in some way, in fine material form. That moment you enter the Arahantut Path and you keep practicing Noble Eightfold Path, then one by one, Desire for immaterial existence, conceit, 
restlessness restlessness will be destroyed and still you are in the arantud path the moment your ignorance completely vanishes from your mind you attain the arantud fusion stage these are the stages this is how we attain it these are called eight individuals and four pairs four pairs are those who stream entry path attainment and fusion attainment one pair one stream is path attainment fusion attainment another pair never return as path attainment and fusion attainment another pair arahant path attainment and fusion attainment another pair these are the four pairs and those are the eight individuals they are distinctly definitely separate eight individuals not one thought moments <coughs> okay another question i hope i can finish all this so many questions i took lot of time in this if we can sit in a chair for hours without hurting when meditating why do we want to sit cross legged and endure all the pain what is the benefit of that sure <coughs> we don't insist that everybody sit on a cushion cross legged position uh if sitting on the cross legged position is difficult by all means sit in chairs uh because perhaps at uh, your age you might not uh, uh like to learn new posture which is very painful the reason why those who sit in cross legged position is that that gives you very steady very steady sitting and you are not falling asleep and at the beginning it is painful but later on you get used to it and then you really have very good concentration sitting in chairs you also can gain concentration but you tend to uh, lose it very quickly because chairs are too comfortable <laughs> when i get angry at someone how can i stop this feeling i give a separate talk on this tomorrow Can you explain uh, bear attention to the breath is it attention on the breath while uh, remaining aware of senses actually paying attention to breath itself brings up a sensation feeling of breath you cannot avoid there is no way to pay attention to the breath without feeling you feel the breath there's no even when you open eyes can you see the breath can you touch the breath can you smell the breath although it is going through the nose of course you can smell it there is something you know pleasant or unpleasant mixed with the air otherwise when you breathe pure air you cannot smell it you cannot touch it you cannot see it uh you cannot of course you can hear if somebody breathe you breathe very quickly heavily otherwise the only way to know the breath is the feeling of breath the feeling is always there and without any uh, additional things focus your mind on that that's a pure attention pure awareness of breath we say pure awareness of breath although there is a feeling with the breath and we can say 
pay bear attention to the feeling mixed with uh, pay attention to the breath with mixed with feeling you might say that but feeling is there will you please repeat your explanation of uh, initial uh, application of thought and sustained thought okay i let me be brief initial application of thought is thought of letting go thought of living friendliness or living kindness or metta and thought of compassion three these three together call initial application of thought that means our mind let go of desire which is one of the hindrances our mind let go of anger that also is one of the hindrances and our mind let go of thought of cruelty that is a part of anger so instead we have the thought of uh, letting go means generosity generosity means not holding on to anything it let go let go let go and practicing metta living friendliness and practicing compassion these three thoughts arise in the mind when we practice meditation uh, trying to gain concentration of course you cannot concentrate when you hold on to something no can you gain concentration when you have uh, anger or thought of cruelty so you let go all of them and instead let the mind be filled with generous feeling friendly feelings and compassionate feeling i have faith and uh, uh, morality i sit on the cushion and develop concentration now what do i do to attain jhana these three are very good and then to let go of your hindrances recognize them and let go of them what steps do i follow to free gain it when i lose it uh, <coughs> i i mentioned this yesterday five ways of regaining it once you lose it you reflect what you have attained you have to remember what you attained and how you attained it then you determine to attain it determine to get out of it and then attain it then get out of that state or come out of that mental state these are the five steps you repeat it several times then you will master the attainment okay is sansara more like uh, subjectivity subjectively experienced uh, labyrinth or an objective maze containing all beings and their subjective experience now it is a labyrinth in a way because it goes zigzag zigzag here and they are not linear existence that is what is called the repetition of birth and death is called samsara when we say repetition of birth and death means we are not going only in one direction we go in many 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 different directions <coughs> today man tomorrow woman tomorrow woman today tomorrow next day man and today my man next time ghost another time animal another time divine being like that he goes zigzag here and there here and there exactly it is a labyrinth labyrinth uh, like the maze you know for the mice to go here and there you don't know the beginning so that is exactly true 
గుడ్ సిమిలీ ఫోర్ సంసార ఓఫన్ ఐ ఫైండ్ దట్ రైట్ బిఫోర్ ఓ డ్యూరింగ్ పీరియడ్ ఆఫ్ డీప్ రిలీజ్ దట్ దెన్ లీజ్ టు పీరియడ్ ఆఫ్ డీప్ కాన్సన్ట్రేషన్ ద సేమ్ రికరింగ్ ఇమేజెస్ అపియర్ ఎలిమెంట్స్ ఫైర్ వాటర్ ఎర్త్ ఓ రిలీజియస్ సింబల్స్ డూ వీ జస్ట్ నోటిస్ దెన్ ఓ యాక్టివ్లీ వర్క్ విత్ ఇమేజెస్ టు డీప్ అండ్ అవర్ ఫోకస్ వీ జస్ట్ నోటిస్ దెన్ అండ్ లెట్ దెన్ ప్యాస్ యాజ్ ది కమ్ డోంట్ perpetuate them by or enforce them by uh, thinking uh, of them what is your opinion on the alternative concentration meditation techniques <coughs> i think i gave the answer earlier by asking you to dig hundred feet deep to get water. If you dig in, dig ten uh, holes, you will not get water. Similarly, if you shift technique, one technique to another and another technique and so on, you go on, go on experimenting window shopping techniques. <laughs> so you can not gain concentration. i must say without going into too much details the question is very long question i think uh, uh, the brief answer to the long question is that <coughs> i have been practicing for about 7 years now sometimes back after <clears throat> i realized that uh, this dhamma to be in, indeed true the spiritual urgency i used to have at the beginning seems to have uh, decreased however i do not feel that i am regressing i feel this is how it is suppressed uh, be i'm sorry it is supposed to be uh, somehow i do not want even dhamma to be uh, burdensome <coughs> burdensome to me nevertheless my urgency seems to have uh, diminished now if you uh, understand the dhamma uh your spiritual urgency should not uh, diminish rather it should increase because uh, deeper you understand dhamma quicker you want to attain liberation why you see when you understand dhamma number one you understand suffering understanding dhamma is understanding suffering of the four noble truth number 1 suffering that you have gone through in this life suffering you are going now going through now suffering may be in in future you see the suffering in these three times past present and future then you see if i do not end the suffering which is the, the the if i do not end the cause of suffering that is the desire if i do not end it i will have to repeat the same thing again who want to do that and therefore 
I want to end this samsara as quickly as possible. So, Dhamma Sangvega or spiritual urgency becomes even stronger when we understand Dhamma better. There is no reason to diminish it. Diminishing means you are uh, your understanding of Dhamma is not getting deeper. So try to increase the understanding and uh, uh, see the depth of Dhamma. Could you please help us understand the Dhamma of... Uh, I don't think I answer, answer this question, but uh, I have. since I read this one, let me read the question. Understand the Dharma of democracy and the lack of Panya in politics. <laughs> Lastly, would you run for president <laughs> instead of Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? <laughs> he needs your help, Bhante. I cannot help you. <laughs> That is not my subject, that is not my interest. <laughs> I am sorry about it. <laughs> if someone faces the pull towards a monastic life and also see the benefit of practicing as a householder, what would you advise them to consider if they uh, want to dis- de- dedicate themselves to their practice. <coughs> Are there benefits from uh, practice uh, point of new uh, for both paths? Actually there are benefits in both. Uh, I don't know how uh, serious you are in becoming a monastic. Uh, if you are having some uh, uh, questions and hesitations and uh, procrastinations and so on, stay in your life as a lay person and keep practicing. Uh, what is very important is your practice. As you keep practicing, 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 and when the mind is very well established in the practice, then one day you will see the, uh, the path very clearly for you. So uh, I cannot say uh, much about it now. Uh, so I think there is a benefit in practicing in both ways, as a lay person as well as the monastic. Uh, so I would advise you to continue your practice for now and see what will happen in future. Are neither perception nor non-perception the same as neither uh, pleasure nor pain? Uh, if not, what is the difference? Neither perception and no perception, neither perception, no non-perception is uh, totally different from uh, uh, neither pleasure nor pain, <coughs> because uh, perception is one thing, pain is another. Uh, uh, pleasure and pain are below, they belong to one category. Uh, neither perception nor non-perception belong to another category. Uh, neither pleasure nor pain can arise in uh, any situation, whether we are in meditation or not. But neither perception nor non-perception state arises only when we attain four jhanas and uh, <coughs> three of the four immaterial attainments, they are called ayatana. 
ఆకాశానంచే ఆయతన విజ్ఞానంచే ఆయతన ఆకించాంచే ఆయతన నీవసంజ్ఞానాసంజ్ఞాయంచే ఆయతన సోఫో దేకుల ఆయతన ఆయతన స్పీన్స్ వేర్ ద మైండ్ డ్యాడ్స్ యాజ్ ఐ మెన్షన్ సో ద సెకండ్ ఈజ్ ద హైయెస్ట్ ఆఫ్ కాన్సన్ట్రేషన్ మెడిటేషన్ అటైన్మెంట్ and the first one is uh, ordinary experience when teaching mindfulness to beginners uh, as uh, not judgmental when do you recommend introducing the concept of uh, wholesome and unwholesome thoughts i think uh, uh, i think it is very important for beginners to understand what is wholesome what is unwholesome uh, because uh, <clears throat> from the very beginning we must make the distinction between wholesomeness and unwholesomeness uh, unwholesome mental states always bring unwholesome results Buddha gave a very beautiful uh, simile in the first two stanzas of the Dhammapada. I have repeated it many times, I, in order, since it is so relevant to this question, let me mention what he said there. The mind is the forerunner, mind is the maker, mind is the master. If the mind if we say or do things with impure state of mind the results follow us like the cart that follows the hoofs of the ox that pulls the cart that means the results are very heavy if we do something with impure state of mind impure state of mind is called unwholesome state of mind so from the very beginning a meditator must understand what is unwholesome why it is not so good because it is it always brings unwholesome painful heavy burdensome pressure it weighs us down it's not going to make us happy on the other hand if we say or do or think wholesome things Uh, with, with a wholesome state of mind with a wholesome state of mind if we think say or do things results will follow us like our own shadow how much you feel the shadow how heavy it is we even don't know because it is so light life becomes light when the mind is wholesome so that is why the culmination of wholesomeness is called enlightenment enlightenment has two meaning one is brightness other is lightness not heavy and therefore there is another term for them ohita bhar ohita bhar means lay down the burden lay down the burden of unwholesomeness and therefore life is very light like our shadow we must see that at the beginning of meditation the neighbor was playing his loud music while i was trying to concentrate i put in my earplugs is this acceptable yes you tell us we had gone through this many many years and uh, <coughs> you don't know at the beginning they played music using loudspeakers they beat drums very loudly but still we meditate we 
they shouted obscenity at us and still we so nowadays i don't hear that much uh, one time when they were playing very uh, bad music i was having an interview with a man in office a <coughs> uh, he asked me do you hear this music i said yes do you understand it i said no i don't understand then he started crying he was crying then i asked him why you cry because i recognize this music i was in such and such an area and these are the things they did to us while we were there and this reminds me of my life in those in that area and so forth it was so bad we practice metta we send all heavy dosage of metta to them <laughs> so after seven years <coughs> they had little children they had asked children to throw stones at us and shoot bb guns towards us and uh, shout all kind of obscenities to us we didn't do anything after many years they separated both husband and wife children grew up one boy went to the navy and few years later he came back he came to us and apologized to us he said i went to the navy and studied buddhism and found it to be very peaceful religion now i feel very guilty because those days these are the things that we did to you and uh, i feel very bad about it i did whatever i did because my father asked me to do that now i understand so he apologized to us so when until people understand when people are ignorant that is what they do i would not worry about put ear earplugs and if a metta is not strong enough <laughs> to absorb it plug ear yes plug ear yes let them have their pleasure of uh, playing music sometimes we enjoy because their voice is very beautiful very sweet although i don't understand words i hear the sound so we it, it doesn't bother us at all last question the minds get very angry when sitting in pain again and again do i sit in less pain and uh, therefore move or just be aware of the angry mind <coughs> i think uh, you get angry with your pain uh, because you don't know how to handle it i would suggest uh, Uh, you pay attention to pain as long as you can but it comes to an excruciating moment beyond which you cannot pay any more attention i remember one time i had an assistant uh, to help me in certain retreat in somewhere and he was sitting on the stage with me at about uh, half an hour i heard him crying my assistant in front of 80 people on the in the audience and they all opened their eyes and looked at him he was in pain he cannot tolerate <coughs> so this happens to people uh, when they have pain and cannot tolerate any more therefore i suggest when it comes to that level you may change your posture and get up and stand 
or do walk in meditation. This is how we have this alternate practice, sitting, standing, walking and lying down. So meditation is not designed only for one posture. So with this I want to conclude today and I'm glad that I managed to answer all these questions because tomorrow also we may have a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Eh? See you tomorrow.